episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning, Namaste. Namaste. Here we are, <laughs> just centering ourselves. <laughs> it's maybe one of those days, Broads. I don't know if you're feeling this way. Maybe it's just, we just stop right now and just take a deep breath. Mm. <sighs> the anxiety in me recognizes the anxiety in you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you seeing me. Oh, Broads, uh, this morning, you know, we're running around with the kiddos. Becca's having to jet up here. Ember sharded in her underwear as soon as we put on. <laughs> it continues to remain on fire, which, by the way, I just wanted to say to all of our Broads who are currently in California, in Oregon, um, in in Washington right now, we are sending all of our love because it's just the fires are just out of control the rest know- of the country's like jokes on you you guys thought you got to live in paradise undisturbed <laughs> there are so many other things going on in the united states right now too like climate wise and everything but that's obviously what i know because we're currently here sure. so just and just a major <sighs> like literally just send your local firefighter a love note my god like the heroes of the heroes of the heroes the amount of hours spent and also to the families and like dude it was crazy i was thinking about the wildfire fires fighters wildfire fighter what okay you know what i'm trying to say (laughs) (laughs) i think i think i'm glitching the wildfire (laughs) firefighters the wildfire fighters? I mean, that I shouldn't know. That be what it is, wildfire I feel like that would be a way to like That's make it smaller, to but it's a tough, it's kind of a brain. Anyway, my cousin has been doing that for like over 10 years now, and it's crazy because that heat wave, that, that weekend was the heat wave when all the fires were really erupting. He was there. Imagine being in 100 degree weather in those suits, digging trenches. Oh. Bitch, and I was nude in like an air conditioned home and I was like, it's so hot. And just being like a total. Crazy? No, it's insane. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I thought it was crazy that they were filming at La Quinta in Palm Springs <laughs> in know. July. I thought they were the heroes, really. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out <laughs> that. Yeah. So anywho, just want to yeah, sending all the love to to everyone right now. What's up with you this I'm, week? This week, I mean, you know, it's just it's just business per usual. <laughs> I don't know why I find that I funny. Mean, it's just not much. There's not much. It's just uh, it's basically the Ember Show, twenty four mm. hours a day. Mm. You know, trying to keep her entertained, especially because right now, like um, air quality wise, oh, you can't have the kiddo go outside. Oh yeah, it's like oh, yeah. all I'm thinking about is her lungs just destroying like as she steps outside. So she's inside the whole time and she's literally in her room yesterday screaming, quarantine stinks because (laughs) in her brain it's like, oh, I've been quarantined for so many months and now there's fires on the end. No, we can't even go outside. I know. She's just so confused. She's like, but I can't go in the backyard. I'm like, no, girlfriend, there's ash raining down from heaven. Like, it looks like mama's got major dandruff. I do a little bit, but also (laughs) Dude, my dad, I ask him because they live in Fresno, you know, and I'm like, so are you getting? air purifiers and he goes nah i just think of it like i'm taking up smoking for two or three months <laughs> That's and i'm like honestly yeah okay good point <laughs> honestly it kind of like makes me not feel as bad 
<laughs> oh man and then oh. we went yeah out of, you went we to went out, Big Bear, out of right? town this weekend and um you know it, it really sucks when you have two kids and your other friends don't when you go places that's all i gotta say oh <laughs> okay like for anyone listening this goes twofold for anyone listening first and foremost if you are someone who has children and are thinking about going on a getaway with your friends be aware of this before and if you're the friends without the couple please be generous and know that they're trying to pay attention to you they want so desperately to hang out with you oh but yeah the kids are gonna just take up every uh, oh yeah it was like ruth decided to wake up screaming at like <laughs> two and five a.m both nights you know and so grayson's like sprinting to go get her so that she doesn't wake everyone up or wake the dogs up and then of course like franklin since you don't have the you know mechanical swing which is the only thing he sleeps in is just like we're trying to play backgammon and drink and meanwhile he's just like wide awake needing to be held (laughs) oh god i was just like why are we doing this it's one of those things where i feel like you try like you try it because you're like no i want to do this so badly but then you're there for three hours and you're like this was a terrible oh yeah sunday morning everyone's like oh it's sad to leave and i'm like can't wait to be home with my mechanical swing and my child's dark dark room for her to sleep in i think you know yeah i think the first like getaway i ever took with ember that evan and i went on together uh was with a couple that also had um a child ember's age they were both really little at the time but we talked to each other. We were there for three days. We maybe talked to each other for about 10 minutes all together because it was just like, you're, they're off taking care of their their little one who's screaming. We're taking care of our little one who's screaming. Like, and, nannies. We need and, nannies, nannies on the vacations. One for each but, child. Exactly. But it's just like, it, it, it would made it so much easier. But by the third day, then both couples were like, why are we still here? Yeah. Like, we're, get, we're literally like, we're just damaging our own psyche right now by being in this situation yeah like the other person understands but it's just because you're all suffering together even when we take ember on a vacation now mm-hmm. like she was like she loves it but then as we're driving up to the house she sees the house and she goes oh every time she goes oh we're home my sweet sweet bed <laughs> she just likes sleeping in her own bed it's relatable and i'm like girl i get it like, yeah i get it you want a vacation but that's sweet sweet bed <laughs> It's real. It's real. Anywho, this week in Bachelor news. I mean, okay, so obviously we're... It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. Like, we've been here. It's reflecting in Bachelor Nation. It's... I could not believe the amount of DMs that that we got about this. I mean, because people are just in shock. It's like, what's happening? So, if you don't know... Let me take a sip of my coffee first. Bro, this shit is crazy just it's shock that's what it's like you're just you're in shock it's just one of those things where it's like how when i'm I'm opening my news app or i'm opening i'll just tell you this the last thing that i was expecting when all of a sudden i opened my instagram app because i've been trying to not go on it as much Mm -hmm. i open my app and i see all these dms and i'm like i hadn't posted anything Mm -hmm. and i see a ton of dms and i'm not expecting this so cassie randolph has put up uh, a restraining order against colton underwood and when you and i first read this it was like we're like oh my god this has to be a restraining order because you he's know he's probably like blowing her up over text yeah like, because he's parent he's like worried which which on on it's like that enough is just like terrible 
Like, sure. You know, it's like you're feeling like da- in danger and all this shit. Someone's basically at first we gave the, ben- the him sort of the benefit of the doubt. We're yeah. like, okay, maybe this is just a bad breakup. She He's, needs to like make a like a symbolic move to really distance herself from him, right? And then um, <sighs> TMZ has reported, and I'll and I'll just read this. Yeah. Um. So TMZ obtained the court documents in which Cassie claims Colton's been stalking and harassing her with unsettling text messages. She claims Colton also went as far as planting a tracking device taped to the bottom of the back bumper of her car to keep track of her whereabouts. And then there's this. Cassie claims Colton's been showing up uninvited to her L.A. apartment and parents' house in Huntington Beach. She claims he takes obsessive walks to her apartment complex and loitered in the alley outside her bedroom window at her parents' Huntington Beach house at 2 a.m. Cassie, who says they broke up in mid-April, goes on to claim some of the harassing text messages, including accusing her of hanging out with her old ex-boyfriend. She alleges Colton sent anonymous text messages to her and to himself pretending to be a victim of the anonymous stalker. Cassie claims Colton later admitted to sending the messages and planting the tracking device. Okay, by the way, before I even go further, before we continue this conversation, if people haven't turned it off again, I'm so sorry I didn't do this earlier, but a trigger warning to this because we're about to talk about some like (sighs) X shit. Okay. Um, I mean... Wait, what's with the anonymous text messages? So basically, like what I'm guessing is she probably told him, like, stop stalking me. And then he's like, no, this is some stalker that's stalking me, too. That's what it sounds like. So it sounds like he he was he was pretending that it must have been like, you know, he's getting a burner phone or whatever type thing, texting her like crazy, saying he's also getting stalked by this person. What? And dude this is colton cringe it's oh just my like god uh, and and this is okay and i have some <sighs> oh i have some angry opinions right now <clears throat> wait a tracking a, you know, a fucking tra- no a tracking device a tracking device i know i read this yesterday and i'm still like yeah it's still just hard to process okay first of all this is what i'm going to say Cassie has made it like abundantly clear that she hates being in the spotlight. She does not like the attention. She does not like talking about her relationship. Like she's made that known publicly. And also I had like a very brief private interaction with her, but she expressed that same thing of like, I don't like, I don't like this kind of attention. So I just want to nip it in the bud. Anyone who thinks that like maybe she's being overdramatic or like that this didn't really happen or whatever. I cannot see this girl who like hates all of that attention filing a restraining order, knowing that this is going to get blown up all over the media like this. This means that she actually needed to take steps to like feel safe and protect herself from her uh, her, from her stalker. Right. And like and like you said, it's like uh, I had just a brief interaction with her at one point, too, and I chatted with her and it was like. If you pick, can pick up anything from this person, it is that she is someone who is shy. Mm-hmm. She's someone who's not like she was not. This was an event and she wasn't like, you know, all eyes on me mm-hmm. by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. We're like hiding in the bathroom type yes. like energy. Right. Yes. And but also like fuck anybody that that that's the thing. It's like fuck anybody to be like, wow, look at her trying to. It's like, do you understand? Do you understand the emotional labor it takes to go through the court system oh my to God. file all this shit. 
Like, like, especially like knowing that it's going to come out. It's going to, you know, you're dealing with the unbelievable anxiety of knowing that it's going to be all over the headlines. Your family's involved because guess what? Your family's been in the spotlight too. Like this affects everyone. And the fact that like people are just like, oh my God, like seems like, you know, they broke up. She lost followers trying to get, it's just like, are you absolutely been saying that yes there's been a lot of shit that's been oh god give me a break and that's why it's like i wanted to put like double trigger warning on this shit because anyone who's in a situation who has been a victim or needs to get away from an ex or is with someone like this is so damaging just the press that's been like put out it's just uh, like it's just blowing my mind blowing my mind also I was reading a bunch of different like news articles on this. And of course, all the news articles, the language is so upsetting because the language is literally like, well, like Colton said, he's always been so, so, so in love with Cassie, who always seemed unsure of their relationship. Uh, what and, the fuck? And basically trying to like fluff up like, yeah, oh, way no. to conflate being an abusive stalker with being someone who's just in love. What the? Ew. Yes, Correct. And then same thing, Bachelor Nation style, all these different Bachelor folks are like weighing in and literally taking like polls on their Instagram of like, who do you think's the one who's like in the wrong here? Or like, what? who do you think? Yeah, Cassie, like it's become, they're making it like, like just, yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, that, that kind of shit, I like, I believe that, you know, people are whatever. That's what everyone always does with any kind of news, but how are you gonna say that how are you gonna say that like cassie's in the wrong in this kind of thing at all like she what and it's just like i just can't it's just hard for like my brain to process (laughs) that that cassie Sent like like that. Basically, she goes through the court systems to get these restraining or orders filed. I believe they're going to court like October sixth, and that the the largest reaction that I've seen is kind of like, well, and it's like, oh my god, are you reading what this shit says? Ew. Like he put a fucking device under her car, but of course now he's you know he's like. Oh, is he talking? He's not. He's. I don't think he posts anything on his Instagram. But he, like, you know, him and his his representation were like, I haven't been in contact with her in like two months or something like that, and is playing that whole game. And oh, um, that's scary. I'm scared of him now. I know. Ah! I know. <laughs> Ew. But like pattern wise from an outside perspective and i you know i don't want to theorize about anybody's like whatever but, but here I'm, i but go here, but here i go <laughs> is that when you think about what's happened with them over the past like think about the patterns the past couple months right so all of a sudden she goes on this show goes on goes on the goat episode and immediately after the goat episode posts like very direct things in her instagram stories which is very unlike cassie totally cassie is very much like you know doesn't say she's like again she's like the quiet energy like just low-key she posts very direct shit calling colton out which was which felt kind of out of nowhere and i think we said i don't remember if we said it on the podcast but it sort of felt like 
basically like, here's the receipts. I'm putting this out there. So you all are seeing like mm-hmm. almost like to protect herself. Yeah. You know, being straight up so that everyone saw that. Yes. Uh, a broad message and was like on your guys's episode when we talked about that, we made a comment where like, I guess we had said that we thought potentially that Cassie was going to be in a situation where she was scared of how Colton was going to. Oh, I got goosebumps. Yeah. Handle the situation. Um, And so if she's putting that out there and now knowing this, it's like, how long has this been going on behind the scenes where like she's felt nervous by his intensity, him blowing up her phone, him hanging around outside of her home and her family's home. Dude, that's so weird. Like, and then, and then him of all times going straight on reality Steve's podcast and kind of making a case for you know which i believe is true by the way but like that i was a victim to produ- of producers Cassie actually was on the fence about things her dad told like and and there was just it, the timing of everything is now right because it was like he me. was controlling the narrative yeah. before it he's putting out more chapters in his book, it's it seems like there's like been a huge control piece going on. So how do you think he's going to spin this? Do you think he's just going to outright deny it? Or how do you think this is going to play out with him? I mean, my guess would be in we've we've had a few situations as of late in the past, like few months where different actors, et cetera, have been, um, you know, called to the table for horrendous things mm-hmm. that they have been doing and what i have noticed is that it's like they'll make one statement and then literally go completely dark mm-hmm. my guess is that his legal team depending on obviously what the outcome is on october 6th when they go to court my guess is that his legal team would be like they'll put out the statement of him saying like i haven't seen her blah 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 and then he we will not hear from colton for like six months oh yeah and i'm sure it'll probably be something where like i'm so disappointed to hear that blah 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 like this person that i loved so dearly would like accuse me of such things like as you all know my admiration and like emotion for Cassie has been nothing but the purest, like most wholesome devotion. And I would never to do do anything to make her feel unsafe or like jeopardize our friendship. I guarantee it's going to be a statement like that. I feel like, like maybe you just they read it word for word. <laughs> they might borrow, they might some borrow of those that. Lines. You might want to cut this all out because they're just going to take that. <sighs> yeah, no, I, yes, I completely agree. Or instead of going completely silent, it might just be like back to the normal programming type thing. He'll go hard in, or do you think he'll go hard in the paint and be like every post will be like, I did not do this. Be like, it sucks to have, I, I foresee like an Instagram post now where like, it's like, I, it sucks to have your character question. It sucks to be vulnerable in front of millions of people. It sucks to know that the person that you love could betray you in that kind of what, like he could totally he could. pull that now, kind of move. What he's going to have to know is I'm sure Cassie has a loads of receipts. And if you don't think that that nice house in Huntington Beach doesn't have a ring camera on it where you can see people. You better. That's why he's in the alley next to in, in the back. Damn it. <laughs> Dude, that's so, so, scary. so scary. Colton went from like alien to me to now I'm like very frightened. Also, um, 
but that's the thing. Does she have receipts if if he it was probably, from a random number? I know, and he probably admitted it like over the phone or in person or something. Yeah. Like, I wonder how many receipts she actually that's has. True, he's huh? smart. Well, Ugh. there's also the other thing that he's talked very openly about that he has really bad anxiety. And so is that going to then be something? Will, will he come forward? Will we have maybe an admonition and say like, yes, I've this has spiraled out of control. I like I that mean, would be the if we're talking about the right way to do it, that would be the right way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like just to be like, yeah, I, I'm, I need to go get help. Yeah. I need to apologize to her family. I need to apologize to her publicly and I need to go get help. Yeah. Yeah. If like I've been dealing with obsessive thoughts and like yeah. paranoia and all of that, and it's and it's manifested into me uh, exhibiting abusive behavior. That would be incredible. Borrow those sentences, Use not those the sentences ones I instead. said like two, two minutes ago. But but again, I like the whole this whole thing. I mean, that would be like that doesn't diminish any of this obvious traumatizing situation Absolutely for Cassie. Traumatizing. Yeah, but um, that would be a great way to model to the public of being like i'm going to admit that i've done something wrong and take proactive measures to help get help and change myself and make things right yeah which we don't see enough at all in no. the media no i mean it, yeah i mean has anyone gotten me too'd and has like come forward and been like yes and like that was wrong of me not without a comma but Oh, sure. You know what I mean? I've seen a few but where I it's just never. like, some of my behavior was inappropriate. I see this now, but I did not blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, like this is, and then part of me gets, I get even more angry. I'm just like, if you're going to like, just fucking oh, yeah. stick in one, like don't, do not do this comma, but bullshit. No. Now I, but I just want to say this final, final word about Cassie is that, listen, the amount of, again, the amount that, like, when you're reading shit about this, like, just check in with the way that, that the narrative is being written. Because, like I said, and I'm talking, like, big, like, big news, uh, like, like Newsweek, like, CNN type shit. I don't remember if it was CNN. But it, it, big news outlets, the way that it was being written and the narrative was being crafted was kind of like, well, Colton was always over the moon for her. Um, and yet, uh, here she is potentially talking to an ex-boy like trying to paint her oh. to be a certain way and again she's always gotten shit even during the breakup she got a bunch of shit where people were like well cassie was never really like that invested and it's just like you know what she was with him for a long time <laughs> what do people want yeah seriously it's like okay so she didn't want to get engaged oh because oh because she was she was real and she decided that she wasn't ready to get married to someone right away, but she still wanted to be like in a relationship. Well, and thank God, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about dodging a bullet. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Ultimately, the producer's telling her, her dad that, that <laughs> he didn't really love her was, was the bright move. Her poor family, they're like, fuck this show, fuck this dude. Oh, can you imagine? They're like, first of all, we go on this show. Our daughter says that she thinks she's in love. The producers tell her that he's not. And then he comes running back. He's saying that he is. It's a whole shit show. We're getting put in the, the spotlight for being the people who weren't supporting Colton and her. And now our daughter's a hot we mess. We let him stay and at our house when with he had having COVID. COVID. <laughs> he could have infected our entire family. Oh, they have to feel just like. Now it makes me wonder, is like, did Colton get COVID on purpose to like sell his book? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's mean. You probably didn't do that. Or to but. stay in the home. Oh, 
because I remember that they said that I remember that they said that that they weren't doing well right before. That's a horrible thing that I can't even believe that I said that out loud. (laughs) I apologize. It's the smoke. It's getting to me. It's the fires. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't. I mean, after he is allegedly put a tracking device on her car, I don't feel too bad. It's like anyways. Plus, he loves the press and attention anyway. So, yep. I mean, we know this. He's admitted it. He's admitted it. Anyways, my love goes out to Cassie in the Randolph family right now. This is horrible. And please don't. For the love of God, support Cassie. I was going to say, honestly, I normally wouldn't recommend doing this, but maybe like send her a DM or a comment and just be like, just like thinking of you and like sending love and support or something because yeah, that means a lot because like if you're that. gonna just open up your instagram and like see a couple messages or comments to see that kind of thing instead of people being nasty exactly can go a long way or ways. people like assuming in what way you're blowing the situation yeah. up and you're already mm-hmm. like living with such incredible trauma and stress right now yeah that's a great idea just send send in love Maybe she'll see it. Maybe she won't. But at least if she does open the app, maybe she'll see some nice messages. Yeah. Comments. Yeah. Agreed. Anywho, I just have twenty twenty. You know that's shitty. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. So wait, did you have any other tea? Like more fun tea? You mean about this specific situation? No, not about Colton and Cassie. Just well, I have bachelor. Else. Yes, I have a, a numerous bachelor things that we yeah. can talk about. Yeah, I do. Were you wanting to talk about bachelor? Or non-batch? No, just other random things. Okay. Sprinkle it in between some bachelor <laughs> shit. Okay, so I'm reading this book right now, or I'm listening to this audiobook. It's called The Fourth Turning. I think I sent you the screenshot. My friend told me about it. Okay, so this book is crazy. You might, I mean, I want everyone to the read it. The Fourth Turning? Yes, The Fourth Turning. Okay. I want everyone to read it right now, although... <laughs> Maybe it's just me being a weirdo that I'm so obsessed with it. But basically, it's this book that talks about the f- these. <laughs> it's just so funny. We're talking about the Colton Cassie thing. And now I'm like, let's talk about this book that I can't stop thinking about. Basically, it talks about how throughout our country's history. I have told you a bit, a bit about this. Through our country's history, there's basically 80 year approximately yes. periods of time. Our life cycles are about like 80 years, right? Basically throughout like Anglo, whatever it's called, history, Mm -hmm. Western history for like the past 500 years. It's been these periods of 80 years, like spring, summer, uh, fall, winter, basically, and like generations, too. And these generational archetypes that like happen in each set of 80 years. And basically every 80 years, there's a crisis. So we see the Revolutionary War ended in 1785. 80 years later, 1865 was the year that the Civil War ended. 80 years after that, 1945, the year that World War II ended. Where does that bring us to? 2025 as the end of a crisis era. Now, that's the end. It's not the beginning. No. Okay. (laughs) This book was actually written in the mid 90s. Okay. um, But it's really fascinating because he predicts that there will be this crisis era between 1905, 2005 and 2025. Mm -hmm. And basically there's these four like in each period of 20 years. So basically 1945 to 1965, that generation there born there, uh, which I think is the baby boomer era sure that era is called 
I can't remember, but it's basically means a period of stability. And that generation is called the prophet generation. And this generation was born into a time of basically extreme stability, Everyone celebrating after this win. And generally, this generation can be a little bit narcissistic and like self-centered. Sure. Because they were basically raised as like treasures in a period of like great prosperity and success and victory. Okay. Then from the period of 1965 to 1985, this generation would be the... Well, it's not actually the the generations are a little bit off, but basically like that time period is like the stability. The next time period is called the awakening during that period. The children of that generation are called the nomads. So that would be like my mom is that age. Those are like the latchkey kids. They're actually like raised in a little bit more rougher situation because the parents are a little bit neglectful because it's ha- there's an awakening happening, which is like a spiritual like awakening I have, revolution. Just so you know, I have so many chills. I even have chills like on like <laughs> where I've shaved on my vagina. Like then my hair is growing keep, back. Like I that's keep, how many chills I have. When I'm reading this book, I keep getting goosebumps like yeah. the whole time or it's yeah. an audio book. But anyway, go ahead. So <laughs> then like, yeah, they're like the latchkey kids that basically were kind of, kind of neglected rather than overly nurtured like the prophet generation were. Um, and this generation, okay. Yeah. This is during the awakening. Obviously we can see that in like the sixties and seventies, late sixties and seventies, as we see this super like experimental time, basically the generation before that, the 20 year period before everything was super stable and like together as a society, but like the spirit and culture was dead. So then following that period, we see a cultural and spiritual awakening, which is why we see so much like music and amazing culture and obviously the crazy hippie era coming in the next generation. Right. After that comes the unraveling, which would be approximately, you know, like 1985 to 2005. And this generation, a.k.a. the millennials, obviously it's a little bit it ends a little bit earlier around like 1996. This generation is called the hero generation. So what's interesting, too, is you can go back and track which generation basically mirrors yours four generations before. So um, the last hero generation, what was called the greatest generation, which was born between, uh, I want to say, yeah, 1905 and like 1925. And what's interesting, listen to this description I was reading about the greatest generation, because that this is basically uh, this is the same generation as the millennials in terms of being the hero archetype. I found this so fascinating because it sounded sort of like us. Um, This generation experienced much of their youth during rapid technological innovation amidst growing levels of worldwide economic inequality and also a soaring economy. After the stock market crashed, this generation experienced profound economic and social turmoil, which eventually led to World War II. Most Americans of the greatest generation wanted to curb the power of capital, create economic growth and development, end poverty, and enable people to advance themselves. Which... I mean, it sounds like a description of the millennial generation. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is so fascinating. So then after that generation comes, after the hero archetype generation comes, the artist generation, which is basically children that are being born amidst a crisis from, you know, yeah, which is basically like like Gen Z and our babies, but also Gen Z. Okay. Which... I know people are going to like roll their eyes at this, but when you think about like TikTok and like all these ways that like the youth of right now are learning how to express themselves. Well, it's like, again, I know the eye roll, but like think about the the youth are generating 
a platform where millions, what is it? Charlie, what's her face has like 75 million followers on TikTok. Like think about that people, that many people looking at you. I know it's crazy. So anyway, that's the artist generation. The artist generation is born amidst a crisis and, um, and basically, yeah, following this period, the, the whole cycle will continue. So us as millennials, we will be going through like our midlife uh, in a period of eventually like stability and then an awakening and basically we'll die before um, bef- like or amidst the next unraveling. Wow. Yeah. Which will be like 60 wow. years in the future. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. Okay, so there's I have two two things. Yeah. First and foremost, I'm going to listen to this audiobook. Oh, yes, listen. you will. Se- second, we should definitely try to get the author of this I book know. on to talk about it. I know. And, and it's it's fascinating. It's given me peace because it's like there's one of my favorite ber- verses in the Bible that's basically like, you do you know it? You're going to say like, there's nothing new under the yes! sun. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite verse of the Bible. It's like what is is what will be and what is yeah. done is done and there is nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. I have chills. <sighs> but basically it gives me peace because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, every and, and the author talks about like how foolish we all are because we always think that like the next generation will follow like how we were, but how it's necessary to go through this mm-hmm. cyclical type of time so that we're constantly yeah. regenerating and pulling ourselves back. That's and, beautiful. Yeah. I like that's I'm going to listen to this because this is going to give me peace. We should get mm-hmm. the author on mm-hmm. also off of this mm-hmm. project for our next Tuesday episode mm-hmm. or potentially the next Tuesday episode mm-hmm. after that. While we will also, of course, be discussing the current tea, there is like a there is a uh, show on Netflix right now that mm-hmm. is trending. It's like number one everywhere. We have to watch it. We have okay. to discuss what it. Is it. It's called The Social Dilemma. Oh, and it's basically like people who were helping like founders of Facebook, Pinterest, things with Google, all this shit are basically explaining to you. Like, hey, there are a lot of positive things about all this. It's helped awaken, you know, certain parts of the generations that they didn't know about this and that. But also, here are the negative things. And here are things that we created intentionally that are negative about it. And people fucking admitting shit about that it's like that you are being like every search you put in is going through analyzation, being watched, like all this shit. And it's apparently mind blowing okay. yeah <laughs> okay i can't wait to talk about that so let's we should need to okay, watch okay, that we will broads we can watch that together yes. and then we can discuss it um amidst pop culture news in okay. the next episode last thing about this that i yeah. found fascinating which yes. will be interesting because on thursday we're having an episode talking with two transgender folks which mm-hmm. that should be great so excited but this author no also talks about gender in each period of time. So apparently during the unraveling, this is what he said today when I was listening, uh, which, if you will remember, is the, the 20, approximately 20-ish year period of time before the crisis, is the time where gender is most rigid and most the lines of gender are the most tight, basically. During a crisis... 
the line, the boundaries of gender are the most expansive, which like we can see in World War Two. Remember when like Rosie the Riveter and women were going to like work in the mm-hmm, factories mm-hmm. and we're basically expanding. We are expanding the ideas of like masculinity and femininity. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in a crisis. And what we see right now is going during a crisis is like an incredibly expansive time for our ideas and concept of concepts of gender. It's gone so far. Think yeah. about 15 years ago. Oh, like it's yeah, massively different. Massive shift. Yeah. Um so it's pretty interesting because base and in um the unraveling, yeah, it's at its tightest. So basically we're constricting and during the crisis everything's shattering and opening. It makes me and feel expanding. it makes me feel like okay. about like everything right now not that i'm saying that like the fires and the deaths like please but that panic that you feel where you're like like you know what i watched with ember the other day Mm -hmm. that i hadn't watched in forever the never-ending story my most favorite movie growing up and i was watching it thinking about now and it's like the nothing is what's taking over right Mm -hmm. and i literally was thinking i was like this is 2020 Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like the nothing where it's that feeling where they're in this the the swamps of sadness and like the horse is sinking and you're like i can't get out of this i'm like that's kind of like what i it feels like sometimes Mm -hmm. right now it's like literally one fucking thing after another coming out you're finding out more information that's making you not only like are you maybe experiencing in your life something that's trying and challenging and terrible or your neighbor is now you're finding out because of information like the internet more horrible things that are going on and you feel like as much as you're glad that things are coming out you just feel like this sense of like hopelessness Mm. and i'm sinking into the swamps of sadness and Mm. it's just like no 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 like this is part of a transition yeah and the suffering will end and we can choose to be an active part of it or we can just let it overcome us and just like fall into like the swamps of sadness. By it's the like, way, no. the hero archetype is the dopest. We're talking Luke Skywalker. We're talking. Yes. It's actually interesting. Like Jesus is actually technically the prophet archetype. And like Muhammad is technically the prophet archetype. Okay. Um, which you can read more about in the book. But yeah, it's so fascinating. But we're like Luke Skywalker. Han Solo is like the nomad archetype. Obi-Wan is the prophet Question. archetype. Does... <laughs> Does the hero archetype get to hook up with the nomad <laughs> archetype? Depends on the story. Because maybe you that's why story. I'm so into like the zaddies because the, I like the older, the older generation a little more because I'm a hero archetype and I like the... Actually, no. <laughs> Technically, we're supposed to like go against, we're supposed to battle against the nomad generation okay. because basically the two that are lined up next to each other, parents and children, are generally supposed to butt heads. Okay. But the ones that we're actually supposed to link up with and gain wisdom from is basically our grandparents so the one that is two behind us so the prophet generation interesting so right now we need the tools of wisdom from the prophet we need generation the sages. yes which is funny because i find myself we need this we need the boomers but the less good boomers. angry these days and like when i'm struggling with anger at like the much older generation mm. versus like people our parents age are like or i'm sorry i'm much more angry at the people in like my parents generation Mm. than even some of like the older older Mm. generation i don't know if that's like a personal thing but i feel more yeah i mean that's what he talks about he's basically says it's natural for us to connect with our grandparents that's like a tale as old as time and it's meant to be that way Mm. yeah wow so well i love that anyway um that was a beautiful like diatribe to be honest, it's making me feel better today. Well, how about back to the back to back Bachelor? To the tea? Back to Bachelor. But for real, 
let's get that author oh, on. Yes. And also let's watch the, watch the social dilemma and the then social talk dilemma. About it. Talk about it Tuesday. Talk about it Tuesday. Um, okay, back to the Bachelor. Um, two things that we have to talk about Bachelor wise, and they're from podcasts because mm. that's what we get these days because the Bachelor is not airing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. First and foremost, we have on the Vial Files. Nick interviewed Victoria Fuller, aka the home wrecker from Peter's season. Okay. Now this is the first podcast that she's gone on. Bless you for listening to this, by the way. I listened to a couple of these podcasts and I would like to say, I don't know if anybody else was feeling this way, but the sexual tension between those two was thick. All right. You you guys should just. She's dating Chris. No, not anymore. What? They broke up. She hasn't closed the door fully, but they broke up. Oh, well, so, see, it shows that I did not listen to that. Podcast. Yeah, so... Well, I, he's 100% Nick's... I mean, she's 100% Nick's She's type, 100% Nick's type. Not Chris Soul's No, and type. he... And it, and, it, and it felt very apparent to me. Oh Anyways. <laughs> I don't think I could listen to it. I think I would just be like... The sexual... T- it makes me feel sometimes like I have to, like, be hiding behind something while I listen to it. Because yeah. I get, like, all sorts of, like, flustered. Um, but a few <laughs> You're things... You're listening to their pillow talk. That's what it felt like a little bit. <laughs> um, then with the producer popping and everyone's so I was like, oh, yeah, there's a third party um so the takeaways from this which were interesting before we then merge into this other podcast that i listened to so obviously victoria had this reputation of like oh she was having sex with all the married men in her town and they were her friends as husbands blah 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 she adamantly says I absolutely did not do that. Like she's holding firm to that. She absolutely did not. And she brings up a very interesting point. She's like, if this was the facts, where are the receipts? She said, why is Steve just saying I got tons of messages, but there's no evidence that's being put out. There are no blocked names with emails. There are no receipts. Like how come everything else in bachelor nation that gets proven, like for instance, Jed his ex shows up and is like, I wasn't his ex. Like we have firm confirmation from people's mouth. The only person that she said then that steps forward was that one girl who then within an like an hour before they aired that scene where the girl came to Peter yes. and was like, hey, I heard these things, blah, 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 blah. She changed her name on Instagram to something like something shark that like had, I forget what it was. Truth shark. Truth shark and made herself a public figure an hour before the episode ever aired. Victoria says she can't stand that girl, that they have major beef and that that girl was the one who initially contacted the producers uh, when she found out that uh, Victoria's kind of ex Chase Rice was going to be, coming on like she was the one who gave the producers like information and she said she's like if you talk to anybody now so she's holding to this she's like if you talk to anybody in my town nobody like everyone can't stand that girl she's wild she has an issue with me in this way this way but she's like if i did all these things where are these people coming forward and actually saying and i started to really think about it well okay also by the way i'm sure nick was latching on so hard and we're like yes fuck reality Steve. <laughs> he actually didn't say much he didn't say a word about reality steve and i was waiting for him to be like oh let's talk about reality steve no he didn't say a word he kept quiet he let her do all that <laughs> well i mean honestly now with everything that happened with the jenna stuff didn't that end up being a malicious girl yeah like 
So the thing was with reality, Steve, with the Victoria Fuller piece is that he had said that I've never there received an unprecedented, an unprecedented amount. amount. Now, let's break this down. Playing devil's advocate. Maybe okay. she's not very liked. Yeah. Maybe she's like, I don't know, looks like her. Mm-hmm. Maybe comes from a smaller town. Maybe has an attitude. She does. Yeah. It's like if you listen to the podcast, the girl is very much like, I don't give a fuck. And she is who she is. And I could see how people might not be broadly likable. Yes. She's beautiful. She's got a little bit of a tude. God bless, you know, and she is who she is very much so. Mm -hmm. And maybe people weren't happy to hear that the girl who was maybe the super popular girl from high school is now continuing to be super popular on a reality TV show. And so all these rumors were sent in and started. Well, maybe there's like a, maybe there's like a little bit of truth in it. Not like, I'm not saying she slept with these people, but maybe there's also truth in it. Like maybe she's a little bit too fucking flirtatious where yeah. she's like, goes and is sitting on your fiance's lap giggling. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So from there, then yes, these, these lies get, get birthed from, uh, from a nugget of truth. But what if, this whole time it was like home record victoria fuller and all of you know all of us like by like we included in this in this group and what if it never act like nothing actually ever no happened? no i kind of just believe it because yeah why wouldn't there be anyone why wouldn't there be how come we didn't talk about this how come we didn't fucking girl? think about this Ooh, you and i were sending we were the so truth sus. we were sending the truth shark girls instagram stories like back and forth and yeah it was like very attention i remember you and i were were dming each other the truth sharks um insta stories and we were literally saying this makes me kind of question if it's true or not but if there's if reality, Steve says there's so much. So what I say is now I I, I really actually don't want to ruin also, Victoria's uh, life. Hello, but like why, why, can't, why, why aren't there receipts? Why? Yeah. And also, like, how easy is it to just make like t- eight emails to email different versions of the same story to reality, Steve? Yeah. I mean, I could literally call Especially if, if you were going in- back on back. Let's just say you went, you and Gray broke up and you, you know, went back on the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she left the podcast and now it's crumbling and I'm angry. So I'm going to call Reality Steve and be like, actually, I'm going to tell you something. This whole time, Becca was cheating on Gray the entire time. She was a total bitch. I could like, oh uh, yeah, I could. I mean, I could say anything. Yeah, and you, since there's actually proof that you know me, mm-hmm. then that could be enough evidence that it's true. Also, if you have just like a bestie who also hated me for some reason or is just loyal to you, like I said, how easy is it to just like make some fe- fake email, fake Twitter, so fake whatever yep. accounts? So point is, is when she said that. I was like brushing my teeth listening to it and I like choked on my Colgate. I was like, oh my God, why haven't we not? Why was there no, why were there no receipts? Yeah. Also, it could be as simple as this too. If you start whispering that rumor around and like I said, if there's some truth where maybe she's a little overly yes. flirtatious and maybe crosses some boundaries sure. with other people's relationships, not having sex or with maybe, them. Or maybe, or maybe there was but. like someone who, immediate, who broke up with a, a and local she girl immediately and she immediately with slept with, you know, sure. whatever. So basically then when that rumor starts going around, other people are going to be like, yeah, I totally believe that. And then it's going to turn in their mind to a true fact that she did those things. And then they might even testify to someone like reality Steve being like, she's a homewrecker. Yep. So that's how yep. rumors work. 
And well, sorry, Victoria. Good I thing know. You <laughs> and she said she was like, yeah, she was like, it, it was horrific. Yeah. She's like, because I got labeled this way. She said, I take pictures with people now. And like, if I get stopped, they literally will take a photo with me and will then immediately be like, wow, you're I thought you were going to be mean. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nick was giving her giving her a little bit of shit being like well on the show let's be honest you're a little all you over the, the most place. approachable but she brings up a good point she was the only character on the show who none of the girls had a problem with but still had drama around her because but it was just about her and peter's relationship mm-hmm. but none of the girls had an issue with vf remember we kept saying that yeah although she was like good friends with some of those with with the, girls. with the, the cats yeah right? it was the cats but now she's like best friends with hannah ann maddie kelsey huh. like the top four are really close but she it just was interesting where you're like wow this narrative that can get spun not just inside the show but then from outside sources maybe it wasn't true she also then talked about the conversation where her and Peter, remember, he was about to meet her family and then the truth shark oh showed up. God. And then it looked like he showed up to her house and was kind of like, hey, can we talk about this? And she would like heard him out for two seconds and then was like, no, you can't meet oh, my family. Wait, Get out of I here. I forgot about their and relationship. And it was just like, oh, yeah. So apparently they talked on the lawn outside of her house for three hours. Oh yeah, that I believe. Right. So That's she's the same like, thing that happened with Maddie and Peter. Remember? Right. So it was three hours. But apparently, she was like, "He came to me. I could tell something was wrong. We talked. Of course, she said we talked calmly for like two hours. But yes. the last hour, of course, I was freaking out because basically this guy who." I thought that we were doing well is believing this random truth shark girl. She's like, I also was like two bottles of wine deep at this point. Mm -hmm. She's like, so I'm intoxicated. Mm -hmm. I'm emotional. It was just, it was just very interesting to then hear. Did she bring up the skydiving thing? She did not bring up the skydiving (laughs) thing. But what I bet she would have said from the energy, if you, if you listen to this podcast, you get Victoria. I feel like it does a decent job of you get her vibe. I bet she would say something like, well, honey, if you should be like, well, honey, I mean, sometimes you got to fucking play the game and make him think that like you're scared. Yeah. So I played that whole thing because I wanted to be like the damsel in distress. Fuck it. Like she would say that. That was that was kind yeah, of I mean, how she so was. All this being said, she's not still not the most likable person. No, but. no. I didn't walk away being like, oh, my God, I just want to <laughs> hang out with VF. <laughs> but I felt bad if she if there was all this shit about yeah, the her that it wasn't true. Sucks. Now, from there, let's talk about producer fucking involvement. Okay. Are you, you gonna talk about this? stuff with Katie? Yes. Wait, first I want to know what happened with her and Chris. Oh, with Victoria. They get, yeah. Um, so how'd they get together? Kelsey. Basically re tell this whole podcast to me <laughs> so I don't have to listen to it. So just Kelsey, recap the whole thing for the next one. Kelsey's minutes. from the same area as Chris Solzes, top four okay. Kelsey. And uh, I forget about her. Me too. And she was the Champagne Gate, all that. There was just so much that happened. Um, it's, you know what? It's because it wasn't seared into our memories by Paradise repeating the, these tropes of these people over and over Very and over true. Again. Very true. That's if, what it really comes. Paradise really cemented. <laughs> like champagne gate because you know they would have had champagne references and jokes surrounding and her for six like, weeks her first date they'd be like here's a bottle of champagne she would be like uh 
and like yes. fake opened it. Yes. Like, and it would have been a whole deal. Yes. Or the producers would have shaken it up before giving it to her to pop and it would have like happened again. Oh my God. Can you imagine if it would have happened again? Oh, that would have been incredible. Um, but so Chris, so Kelsey was, um, lives in the same area as Crystal's. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of know each other via friends. And she told Victoria, I feel like he'd like you. Like, I think you guys would probably hit it off. Victoria was like, you can go ahead and give me, give him my number. And she said within five minutes of Kelsey giving Chris the number, he contacted her. And she's, well, that's attractive. I know I was, I'm, I'm very into that. Like, and Chris please. is hot. Chris is very hot. Um, And so she said that they like right away really hit it off Mm. and that she then like went out and was like living with him for quite a while on his farm. And it definitely, yeah, they were like quarantined together. They were quarantined together. And she, she was very, um, she didn't give a lot of details about him. Um, even though she gave details about like everything else, that was something that she kind of kept more private. And she basically just said, he's a great guy. We still talk every day. The door, the door is still open. It sounds like I'm not ready to settle down on a farm. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, maybe one day I'll be ready and I'll go back and it'll work out. But right now. They're probably going to do this on again, off again, thankfully, for like the sure. next two and a half I'm years. Sure. She'll probably end up moving to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after a couple of years, go back and yeah. realize that like this town is just full of full of empty dreams. And has nothing to offer. I wonder if she'll like go on. <laughs> yeah. Like we all and realize. <laughs> like we all realize eventually. Yeah. I know it kind of sucks for all Peter's girls. Right. Moving to LA and they're like, I hate this. I know. They're like, why did I leave I my beautiful anywhere that in a backyard? Like the cases were low. Like this would have been with such a different experience. It's like, welcome to hell. <laughs> You sold your now soul. Now we have you. Yeah, I was gonna say now we have your soul and all your money because you're paying thirty five hundred dollars a month for a shitty dorm like apartment in West Hollywood. Oh God, it's so expensive. So <laughs> what I was gonna say was maybe she'll go on like Paradise in whenever the fuck that is, and uh, maybe like Chris will make an appearance and be like, I want would you back. love that. I don't think Chris will ever be back on our screen. Maybe he'll just come on to like grab her and go. Yeah. In like a hunky farmer outfit. They'll make it very stereotypical of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so on to Katie Morton from Colton season and bachelor in paradise um, was on Olivia Cardi's podcast. And we found out some fucking tea because she is officially now off contract which okay. is why everyone's like everyone's like all right let's we have a go. lot of questions about what happened during those seasons because we we missed a lot so first and foremost she did she did talk oh by the way i want to say this first this katie needs to start her own podcast i could listen to katie talk for a hundred hours well we should have her on we well, should pick her brain we need to pick her this brain. episode of olivia she Oh, she's so like, I don't know. She's just so nice to listen to. She's relaxing and nice. funny. And I just was like, I could listen to this way longer than an episode with nice. another girl that I listened to right before. VF. Anyways. <laughs> what? <laughs> if I said VF. Oh, was that, was that VF shade? <laughs> that was VF shade. Sorry. <laughs> that um, went over my head for a second. And I had no idea what you were talking about. That was, I was, like, that was, you- some, that was some VF shade. <laughs> Um, so anyways, she talked about her narcolepsy, which was so interesting. Um, and she talked about how 
which was so interesting because I don't know if you remember watching her on Colton season and she seemed like super low key and whatever. And then she went on Bachelor in Paradise and Katie was crying every five seconds. Mm -hmm. She was like, my narcolepsy, I was so tired because they keep you up. Mm -hmm. And she explained scientifically like how you can, like as a narcolepsy, she can go into REM really quickly. But when she actually lays down, she doesn't get like good sleep. Mm. So she needs really consistent sleep. And in that being in that environment, it was just a nightmare. And what happens is when uh, there's a type of narcolepsy that all of a sudden when you can't be sleeping, like your emotions go through the roof, which think about when you're tired. She's like, I'm just, I'm, she's like, you know, when you're that level of tired where you can't, you're nodding off, you're like about to start bawling all the time. She's like, that's how I felt like every day. Mm. So she's like, my emotions were all over the place, which is so interesting that, you know, that again, not something that we thought about when we're watching her on the season. This girl has narcolepsy and is not able to fucking sleep. Yeah. Okay. Um, in regards to her and Chris's relationship, Uh she, was like, I definitely felt pushed into it by production where she was like, I was kind of on the fence. I felt a little bit like they were absolutely pushing the relationship. I shouldn't have gotten engaged. I jumped into that, whatever. But she said that her and Chris, where the connection was, is he was having a lot of anxiety on the show. He was sick the whole time. He Mm. felt super anxious. She was saying she, with her narcolepsy, like she was so tired. She said she was having really bad anxiety as well. And they kind of bonded over the fact that they were both really struggling. Mm -hmm. And so they connected in that Mm -hmm. way. Um, But do you remember on After the Final Rose on Bachelor in Paradise where they had everyone come out? Everyone was on stage, but Katie was not on stage. And then Katie comes out. And she doesn't have her ring on. Mm-hmm. And then they bring Chris out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris is like, uh, is shocked that she doesn't have her ring on. And they're having this conversation. And it felt, and you and I were like, dude, what is Katie doing? Like, mm-hmm. this is like, this is so, feels so inappropriate mm-hmm. on live TV. Check this shit out. What? Katie had no idea that she wasn't going to be on the panel with everyone, mm-hmm. like sitting there. She's like, I thought we were going to be laughing, having a good time. Her and Chris, her and Chris's relationship at this point wasn't doing well. It seemed like they were going to break up soon. She didn't want to do it on national TV, whatever. They put her in a trailer alone with the producer for six hours beforehand. She's not allowed to sit with everybody else. Mm-hmm. They say, give me your ring. She's like, can I please have my ring? The producers would not let her have her fucking engagement ring. She's like, I go out. I sit on the couch across from Chris Harrison. First question Chris Harrison asks. So Katie, I noticed that uh, you're not wearing your ring. And she's like, in that moment, I wanted to scream. Like, I know the producers won't let me. She's like, and then my fiance Chris comes out. And then sees via Chris Harrison, I'm not wearing the ring. And he's in shock. Wait, so like this is kind of a move because like what the fuck would have happened if she just said like the producers took my ring and said I couldn't wear it? They would have probably cropped that part out of the the show. Is it live? No. Oh. Oh, well, I guess it is, but it's kind it's. But still, that would have been, regardless, that would have yeah. been T for the audience to hear. T. Like, I understand. I'm not saying that she should. But I, with, I understand in the moment. It's like, what the fuck? But, but also, but it's with, also but with the contract and everything, if it's like, you know, she's probably. But if you're. About yeah. Getting, no, I'm not. I'm not putting the blame on her because I don't think I would have the wherewithal to say something like that. But like, that's sort of a risk being taken that you're not just going to be like, because I 
one of the producers asked if they could take it from me and I asked for it back and they said no. But I've been I was wearing it up until 45 minutes ago. Can you believe, though? <laughs> and then her fiance oh, I can believe. comes and sits and is in shock. Like, why are you not wearing a ring? And she's like, I want to look at him and explain. I didn't like I want to have my ring on. I asked, please, please, like, let me have my wasn't ring. There some weird resolution, though, like then on it, after well, the final. Well, like, remember, after, they kind of had a resolution and then they went off. And remember, they showed you them backstage where she was like chasing him. And she was kind of like, Chris. And like, he was like, no, just stop. And they were like fighting off stage. And she said what happened after that, that the damage was done. She said they talked about it. She explained everything to him. He was still angry about it. She knew that they weren't going to work out anyways. He knew that they weren't yeah. going to work out. But it definitely left a sour taste in their relationship. And it like ended in not a nice way because all of that. Um, Ew. Yeah. That's so shitty. So I remember being like, whoa, that's a move. Like, you're not going to have your ring on and your fiance isn't aware that you're not going to have your ring on and you're going to do that on stage. She's like, also at the time, she's like, my, I was crying because she's like, your anxiety is through the roof because I've been in a trailer for six hours with a producer and they won't stop asking me questions about my relationship mm -hmm. and like riling me up and I'm on edge. I'm anxious. I'm like about the fact that they won't give me my ring. I'm stressed. Like... It's a whole thing. Now I want to be like, so Katie, which producer was that? Tell me. <laughs> right? So all the, all this being said. Okay. This is the tale. Okay, hold on. This but, is. But this is the fucking tale of like, here are all these people. Yeah. Which who, this is like, <sighs> this is probably a little late to say this, but it makes you wonder about the whole thing with Ari. With Ari and Becca. And about how yep. that played out. It does make you wonder, huh? Because I think I remember hearing secondhand that he said on some interview or something that producers were like, "Go, she wants to talk to you." Remember how she kept look like he looking like he was chasing her down mm -hmm. when she was like, "Go away." I think I remember hearing that he was like, "Yeah." They kept telling me like, "Go, go, see if she's okay. Go, see if she's okay. Go, uh -huh. go, go." Uh -huh. And he's like, "I, I uh. there's so much that you wonder about." I know. Now on the flip side. There's the other people in Bachelor Nation where you're like, oh, no, this is just 100% you, a.k.a. Pilot Pete. Or Colton. Or Colton. But Colton, it seemed like, was manipulated by producers. <laughs> yeah, Chad. But I'm more mean like Pilot Pete. Like, Pilot mm. Pete has removed... Pilot Pete is no longer <laughs> on our screens, and yet Pilot Pete is recreating Bachelor scenes with his family now later alone with his own actual camera and he's still living his mother is meeting his potential mother-in-law for the first time and she is and sweet nums is in the back of the car and pete is filming her going all right barb do you think you would give your final rose to connie aka kelly's mom and barb is like oh i absolutely would do you think that kelly's mom is here for the right reasons filming her <laughs> I'm like, you guys aren't in the show anymore. It's done. No one cares about you. They actually all hate you now. <laughs> oh, we were sending that back and forth to each other. Bruh. Do you think... I didn't see that. Yes, that was on his Insta stories. Or that, excuse me, that was on Sweet Num's Insta stories. But Peter was filming it. 
And Sweet Nums was taking this very seriously in the back of the car after meeting Connie, a.k.a. Kelly's mom. Uh, Broads, if you didn't see this. Who makes that big of a deal of meeting the other partner's mom? It's so weird. Well, they filmed them actually, like, they literally filmed their seeing each other for the first time. And, of course, Barb is screaming and hugging Connie. And then they're in a restaurant. That's so weird. If my mom did that with Gray's mom, that's fucking weird as shit. They're screaming in the restaurant that they're that they're 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 not even meeting for the first time in a home they're in a restaurant they're screaming and then legit they start date like like barb like grabs connie and is like let's start dancing and she's like throwing poor connie around this <laughs> restaurant and you know connie's just like yay a new friend like i'll go along with this and barb's like i am your master that's for Dance. me puppet <laughs> Dance. <laughs> like a marionette with her. She's string. just like, Gani will be my best friend. <laughs> Film it, Peter. Kelly, kiss him. Oh my god. Uh, it's dark, it's dark. And then I realized that that who Barb reminds me of. Barb? Your mom. No, just <laughs> Barb reminds me of my own mother. No, Barb reminds me of or at least I would like to see her in the same room with Ramona from The Real Housewives 100%. of New York. 100%. Who incidentally reminds me of my ex's mom, who I also said Sweetnums reminds me yes. of. Yes. And I've always said I that my ex's that. mom reminds me of Ramona. So yes, yes, this all makes sense. 100%. Sweet, she is exactly like Sweet Ramona. Sweetnums and Ramona, they both have the same energy. They would hate each other. They would hate each other. Who but would w- win? When they're, ooh, I think Ramona ultimately would murder Sweetnums. <laughs> Ramona versus Barb Weber. We'll think about this. I don't this. know. I don't know. Let's put it in. Let's put a poll on our stories. This is great. Who would win in a battle? I'm talking not just physical. I'm talking emotional strategy. Monetary. Who is more manipulative? Who is more manipulative? Both have this piece about them when they're being interviewed alone. They're just like, oh, my sweet. Da, 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 da. And then you cross them. No. <laughs> and it is an eruption. An eruption. A true Vesuvius-style volcanic hellhole. Yeah, I don't know who would win. I truly don't. Me either. I would. I would put a little more money on Ramona. Would you? Yeah, I think Ramona. It's it's uh, it's the okay. New York in her. In a battle of sheer strength, I will say Ramona. In a battle of mind manipulation, I may choose Sweetnums. Wow, I may. High praise. High praise. I will say that um, Sweetnums does have the family behind her. Ramona has That's her, what I'm saying. Yeah, Ramona has her daughter, of course, you know, mm-hmm. and she has Mario, but Mario and her, you know, they're obviously divorced, even though they're like friendly with each other. But Sweetnums still has that she strong has a unit family unit. Mm-hmm. And now Who she can has be Kelly. weaponized. And now she her. has Connie. <laughs> yeah, now she has Connie on her side, too. See, that's what I'm telling. She has a whole legion now. <laughs> frightening and i mean who has the higher follower who has more engagement on their content it might actually be sweet nums yeah ramona might have more followers but sweet nums is has the engagement mm-hmm. people are waiting to see what she's gonna post next fascinating pins and needles fascinating fascinating what a what a study truly i feel like they would destroy each other and then rise from the ashes together Mm-hmm. as like one unit one terrifying unit mm-hmm. and they might become 
both become president. I was going to say, do you think that a presidential card maybe in the next see it crisis, in the future, <laughs> Singer and Weber? <laughs> wow, they definitely could start a new wine brand together. Yeah, Singer and Weber, mm-hmm. or like a cool club, or like a law go. firm. I would go. You know, it just makes so much sense too because Ramona like hates youth and like and hates like you know beautiful. <laughs> Could you imagine if Ramona, if Singer and Weber was a law firm, can you imagine having Barb and Ramona being your attorneys like in a court case? They're just screaming the whole time. Their Barb, eyes Barb, are ablaze. Barb is sobbing. That's a, they would be the perfect team because, yes, Barb would just be sobbing like, no, no. And then Ramona would be like, yeah, with her eyes all crazy, like, yeah. you disgust me. <laughs> Someone photoshopped them in pantsuits, Singer and Weber. Okay. This With is Ramona's the law face, firm. you can see her with her eyes. The law firm well. that'll scare the shit out of you. Oh, man. <laughs> they win every case. Do you think it would be better a defense or prosecution? Prosecution. Prosecution. Definitely. Pro- Ooh. They could because that- Barb defense. That's what I was going to say. Maybe Barb's the defense attorney and Ramona's the prosecution. Yes. Who would win in that attorney battle? That, see, that would be a heartbreaker for them because they'd finally have to go against each other. And that would be the movie. That is the feature film where Barbara and Singer, they are typically on the same team. They got the prosecutor. We got the, No, now they have to go against each other. They're brokenhearted. But yet they know one of them will have to ultimately poison the other. That's mm. the only way. And they end up killing each other and then holding hands as they both die. Very Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yup, that's it. Fox, Netflix, start lining up. I mean, <laughs> who's going to produce this? At the end of the day, you know that both of them would be down to feature. Uh, obviously. Of course. It's like their life goals. They'd be like, they're oh. probably They probably will write in their will. They're both so narcissistic. Who will play them in the future? Oh, absolutely. They, they'll hear us and they'll be like, who are these two bratty chicks talking about <laughs> us? But yet they'll still do it. Because they'll love it. They'll, they'll love. be like, did you hear what they said about us? <laughs> they said that we were the strongest duo. I mean, they are in the new world, probably. The in the new world. Duo. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, we've got a few more minutes before we have to wrap. Uh, let's do a quick, some quick uh, news. Number one, keeping up with the Kardashians. Done. I know. It's finished. I know. We And we were talking about it last week, I know. Week too. This is odd timing. The only time that like we've ever spoken of the Kardashians and now they're done. Ew, did we curse it? I don't know, maybe. Do you think, what was that, like 14 seasons? Something like 15? that. I thought it was like 173, but. It feels like 14, it. Especially sure. with the last few seasons. I've only tuned into an episode here and there, but it is yeah. boring as shit. Thank God they canceled it. They're all, they seem all done. Apparently the only one who's like devastated and crying every day is Chloe. But I'm, weird. Well, this is think about this. She has Co- nothing else going for her. That's, well, she's got good American. But <laughs> other than that, Courtney's been done for a while. She just wants to be with the kids. But Kim, she has poosh. Kylie and Kendall are literally rolling in cash, as is Chloe. But relatively, she's probably the one who has the least out of at least those ones. So now it's like, what, you're going to now cut this paycheck? And she was still like the best. She was she was at this point the best TV. Chloe's my favorite by far she's the most entertaining well i mean my favorite will literally always be scott 
oh, but of course. And you know I have to be a Chris stan. And Scott's probably devastated. Yeah. Someone check on Scott. Someone check- <laughs> How's his sock company doing? Wait, is that Rob? That's Rob. Scott does like uh, flips homes, I think. He also did attempted loungewear. Yes, which I would have purchased if I would have been Skins aware of. Skins over. Oh, come he on, Kimmy K. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, someone check on Scott. <laughs> also, what the fuck happened to Rob? Where is he? I know. Remember when he was with Black China and that was a whole thing? Yeah. Now their poor child is the only remnants of that I relationship. Know. I think he's... I. I again i've i'm the same i've watched maybe like one episode in the past few seasons but i feel like every time i watch the episode he shows up and he seems to be doing okay he just wants to not be on film and whatever yeah how do you think chris is feeling i think chris is preparing her next uh tv show yeah i think she will start her own tv show maybe she'll have a tv show about talent managers and she'll be like the head talent manager what if she is the new boss of The Apprentice? That's a fucking good idea. She'd be incredible. Wait, that's a really fucking good idea. Thank you. I would watch that. I would DVR whatever you do these days. The shit that. out of it. Oh, yeah. Chris, she has it all. She has it all. Oh, God. And how about like Celebrity Apprentice? Like the winner gets to be managed by her. I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> Best season ever. Chris Jenner. The new boss of The Apprentice competing for Celebrity Apprentice, Ramona Barb. What the fuck? <laughs> Take it and run with it, network. I mean, we're giving you free gems. I mean, the other thing we have to talk about, we already talked about it last week. I'm still quaking from the uh, from the Dancing with the Stars lineup of who's in it. I know. I'm and just, I've been seeing them prepping. I'm eagerly awaiting. Like, we'll be watching every episode or at least the highlights. Maybe they don't want to start The Apprentice again because they're afraid that the next host of The Apprentice will become the next president. And can you imagine Chris Jenner as president? The idea is terrifying. The idea is terrifying. And very also real. fabulous. <laughs> the future is stylish. <laughs> Everything is burning but in Gucci. <laughs> wouldn't hate it i would much rather have k kj be my president thank you Bro, that's just scary are you kidding me she would be she would probably actually get elected in and that would be terrifying that's true but she you know then but, but she's then chris but then she's chris i mean we'd have no choice but to stand <laughs> she'd be like unregulated capitalism kim kylie rise <laughs> all big business goes under and it's all just kardashian it's It's just just kylie cosmetics it's just (laughs) amazon (laughs) she purchases amazon it's now kylie cosmetics that delivers all of your food and groceries and products (laughs) this celery tastes like foundation (laughs) macy's target now owned by skims I pledge allegiance to good American. Walmart? More like Kardashian Mart. Dude, that's so scary. That's very scary. Oh, well, I will wrap this up by letting you know on a lighter note. That's not quite as scary as that. Gosh, there are so many like hot 
there's so much like hot news going on. We'll we'll save it. We'll talk about okay. it on Tuesday okay. when we talk about okay. the social dilemma. There's a lot of fun pop culture shit going on that we really need to just we need to get into. Okay. Um, but my final thing will be that Dr. Phil came out a couple days ago. I saw it. I saw it. It was the best thing I've seen all week on social media. You mean he says, stop calling me daddy in the comments. <laughs> Dr. Phil came on social media and he requested that people stop referring to him as daddy. Play the play in, the play the tapes. Roll the tapes. Roll the tapes. Honestly, um, I forgot about Dr. Phil for a minute because, you know quarantine and uh we haven't we haven't seen as much of him but he came on and he he let us know he gave us an important message you have to stop commenting daddy on all of my posts i ain't your daddy hate to break it to you but i ain't your daddy and your real daddy's probably getting his feelings hurt i appreciate the support it's a little weird but i do appreciate the support Wait, who added that music? Is that in it? That's in it. Wait. What the fuck? I didn't notice that the first time. So basically, Dr. Phil, you got sweet, sweet. The comments, by the way, are hilarious. The top comments are like, "Sorry, Daddy." (laughs) I went through them all the other day. Someone said, "Daddy, chill, Daddy. Why are you being like that?" Okay, daddy. And then someone said, I like it when daddy tells me what to do. (laughs) This is what I'll say to you. When you feel really horrible about the current state of the world, I'll tell you this. In my wildest dreams, could I not have imagined years ago while while college-age Jessica was watching Dr. Phil in her dorm that one day I'd be watching Dr. Phil on my phone with the weird music that he put in the background asking people to stop calling him daddy and hundreds of people would be like, daddy, sorry. Like, that is stuff of dreams. We can't help it, Papa. Someone said, daddy, don't punish me. Someone's send me to the ranch with a drooly face (laughs) make me stop daddy (laughs) it's good shit it's good it's uplifting it's the content that we needed it's really what we needed this week so thank you dr phil for really always coming through thanks daddy (laughs) and um on that note, broads, we'll... I'm posting uh, it to my story right now. <laughs> on that note, broads, come back next <clears throat> Tuesday for some hot pop culture celeb gossip tea. See if Chris Kardashian has uh, tried to get in as president, uh, trying to get herself on the ticket. And then, like Becca said, on but beforehand, before next Tuesday, on Thursday, we are going to be talking to two actors um who are transgender and actually one of them has been abroad since like day one and i'm so excited to talk with them it's gonna be great so make sure to tune in for that and uh chat soon (laughs) chat soon chat soon chat soon (laughs) brats